This is Dr. Benny Tate, and I would like to thank you for tuning in to this week's message at Rock Springs Church. Wherever you are, I hope this message encourages you and helps you grow in your walk with God. Here's this week's message from Rock Springs Church. Well, I've been preaching about friends, and I'm going to continue that today. Look what, look what the Bible says in the book of Acts. It says, And Joses, who was also named Barnabas, by the apostles, which is, is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having land, he sold the land, and he brought the money, and he laid it at the apostles' feet. Let us pray. Jesus, I pray, God, that you will speak to us and through us. I cannot. You never said I could. You can. You always said you would. I need you to anoint me today. I need you to use me today. Because, Lord, nothing's going to happen without unless you come and speak to us and through us. So how to send the cross of Calvary, people seeing us is not what matters. They need to see you, Lord. <laughs> they need to see you. I, I, I need to decrease, God, so we need to make sure you increase. And we want you to increase today. We want you to be glorified, God. So have your will and way. And for all you do, we're going to bow unworthy heads and praise you. For I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. I've been preaching about friends. I'm going to continue that for a for a few more weeks, but uh, I want to talk to you today about how to attract friends, how to attract friends. There was a young man by the name of Antonio. Antonio was like me. He just couldn't sing. He just couldn't carry a tune in a bucket, but he wanted to sing, and that's just like me. I'd love to be able to sing. I just sing good, but sound so bad. Amen. I'd love to, but, but Antonio was like me, and Antonio just, he just could not sing. But Antonio wanted to play a musical instrument, but Antonio was just like me. He had, he had no, uh, he had no incline toward a musical instrument. So he was very, very discouraged, but he had a friend. And that friend said to Antonio, Antonio, what matters is the song in your heart. What matters is the song in you, your heart. He said, Antonio, you will build better than you sing. You will build better than you sing. sing. And Antonio did something. He built an instrument. He built a violin. Of course, in our culture, that would be a fiddle. But he built a violin. Antonio Stradivarius not only built one violin, he built 960 violins. I saw the other day where a Stradivarius violin sold for better than $15 million. Antonio, you will build better than you sing. You will build better than you sing. Death and life is in the power of the tongue. And friendship is so important. And encouragement is so important. Friday night, just a couple days ago, we had a wonderful service here at Rock Springs. We had a men's night with the Georgia football coach, Mark Rick. I interviewed Coach Rick, and Coach Rick slipped off, slipped out. He's, 
has some physical problems, but I later texted him and told him, Coach Rick, what you don't know is I gave an invitation after you left. We did. 20 men prayed to receive Christ as personal Savior. Probably a thousand men here Friday night. This great coach, Coach Mark Rick, his final year at Georgia, he was having his final meeting with his last team. And it was interesting. What does Coach Rick tell his last team? What does he tell his boys, very last one, that he'd ever coach? This is what he said. He said, young men, I want you to understand something. Life is about people, not championship rings. Because rings collect dust. But relationships live on. I want to say to you, life is about people. Life is about relationships. And there was a man in the Bible, when he was born, his mother and father named him Joses. But this man in the Bible, who his mother and father named Joses, started interacting with the apostles. And they said, we want to give you a nickname. We want to give you a nickname. And your nickname is going to be Barnabas. We're not going to call you Joses. We're going to call you Barnabas. Because Barnabas means son of encouragement. And what you are is you are an encourager. And so we want to call you Barney. <laughs> I love you, you love me, amen. We want to call you Barney, which simply means encouragement. Now, think about this, folks. You said, Pastor, is this what you're preaching about? Is this really that important? The word encouragement comes from the Greek word parakletos, parakletos, which is the word in which we get the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit and encouragement literally come from the same Greek word. Certainly the Holy Spirit, the third member of the Trinity, the Godhead is important. And so is encouragement important. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews 3.13, but exhort one another yearly. But exhort one another monthly. But exhort one another weekly. No, no, no. Exhort one another daily. You know what would transform your relationships? You know what would transform your marriage? If we learn to encourage. If we learn to encourage. We need encouragement. Now, I'm going to help you out. This is deep. Hold on real tight. You know how you know if somebody needs encouragement. This is deep. This right here is how you know if they're breathing. If they're breathing, they need encouragement. See, folks, all through this battle that we've been in, I fought for church. I mean, I really have. I, 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 whether people agree with me or disagree with me, I say we need church. 
I, I say we need church. And, 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 and the reason why I say we so desperately need, you say, well, I'm just staying home. Well, wait, wait just a minute. Hebrews 10 and 25 says this, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's God saying? God's saying we need to come together because I need to encourage you and you need to encourage me and we need to encourage one another because I'll promise you everybody needs encouragement. Because if you'll treat everybody as if they're hurting, you'll be treating 90% of the people correctly because everybody needs encouragement. Now, here's, here's where we're at. Pastor Ben, this is good. We need encouragement. The Bible never tells us to do something without telling us how to do it. The Bible never gives us a command without giving us instructions. So you say, Pastor, how can I, how can I encourage other people? Well, let's just do this. Let's look at Barney and let's get our pail under his whale. And let's see how Barnabas encouraged people because he got the nickname, the son of encouragement. First of all, I want to say something to you. We encourage others by practicing stewardship. We encourage others by practicing stewardship. Look what the verse says in verse 37. It says Barnabas apparently had some land and he sold the land and placed the money at the apostles' feet. You want to encourage people? Proverbs 19 and 6 says, Every man is a friend to him that giveth gifts. You want to encourage people? Let generosity be a part of your life. Let stewardship be a part of your life. Truett Cathy, founder of Chick-fil-A, was asked on one occasion, how can you be a success? Truett said, give 10%. Save 10%. Work 10% harder. What was he saying? Practice stewardship. Practice stewardship. Now, my mother's birthday is October the 20th. A few weeks later is my birthday. It's November the 9th. If you want to pause and put it in your phone or something. <laughs> this went on for years. When I first came to Georgia, you know, the, the amount changed. But when I first came to Georgia 32 years ago, it would have been $10. I sent mom and said, happy birthday, mom, I love you. God bear me record. It increased. It later went to 20 and later went to 50 and happy birthday. And sometimes I would do this. I would mark the bill and I would mail it to my mother. And about two weeks later, I'd get a card back. And it would say, happy birthday, Benny, I love you. And it would be the very same bill that I sent to mama. <laughs> now, now listen, 
John Bunyan said this. He said, you've not lived until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. You've not lived until you've done someone for someone who can never repay you. Let me tell you something, folks. Giving's not about, oh, I'll do this, but I'm expecting this in return. See, I've never missed anything that I've given away. I've never missed anything that I'm giving away. It's about a life of stewardship. It's about going into a convenience store and going back there to the candy counter. And they've got those Snickers. They even make them bigger now. <laughs> and you get a Snickers. You get two of them. And then you get a Diet Coke to kill the calories. <laughs> and you go up to the counter and you pay for those two Snickers. And then as you leave, you say to the person behind the counter, this Snickers is for you when you have a break. It's when you're driving your automobile and hypothetically you're, you're in a fast food line. You're at uh, McDonald's or you're at Chick-fil-A uh, when you're going to be in the line longer if you're at McDonald's. But anyway, you're in, you're in, the, you're in the line and you pay for your food. And then you pay for the person behind you also. It's when you go into the dollar store and you're at the Dollar General store and they're ringing you up and you see somebody behind you and you say, by the way, get their stuff too. I don't know who they are, but God knows who they are. God knows who they are. You, and listen, folks, we don't change the world. We change the world one person at a time. Now, 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 what some of you think? Oh, Benny Tate, if I was, if I pastored a big church, I'd be that way too. I'd be generous. Let me tell you something. I was generous when I had nothing. I was generous when I had nothing because generosity has nothing to do with the amount. It has to do with your heart. It has to do with your heart. You want to be an encourager? Quit looking to get. You're going to be checking out anyway. And all that's really going to matter is what we've done for Jesus. Here's all I'm trying to say. You want to be an encourager. You encourage others by practicing stewardship. Let me, let me tell you the second way we encourage people. We encourage others by extending friendship. We encourage others by extending friendship. See, there was this man named Saul that got saved. <laughs> the only problem with Saul getting saved is he was killing Christians. But Jesus changed his life. And I want to report to you, Jesus Christ can change any life. Jesus Christ can change any life. And he changed his life. And, and look what the Bible says. And when Saul was come to Jerusalem... He essayed, I researched that, essayed what it means. He tried multiple times and kept trying to become a part of the church. But the disciples were afraid of him. They said, man, we don't want that guy. I mean, it'd be, you know, it'd be like, 
Osama bin Laden wants to join the church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this guy's killing Christians. But look what happened. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared unto them how he had seen the Lord in the way and that he had spoken of him and how he preached at Damascus. You know what Barnabas did? Barnabas just stepped up and said, no, I'm going to befriend him. I'm going to befriend him. He's at a low time. He needs a friend. I'm going to befriend him. Let me tell you something, folks. We want to encourage people. Proverbs 18 and 24 says this. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that stick up closer than a brother. We need to friend people that look different, that act different, that are different. God loves all people. God loves Democrats. God loves Republicans. Amen? I'm going to give you a news flash here in the church. God loves Democrats too. God loves all people. And people need somebody to befriend them. Many times we say we got southern hospitality. Yeah, we got southern hospitality with people we know who are just like us, who think like us, and act like us, and respond like us. Oh, I will. <laughs> I was in another state, and I said, Cameron, let's go to church tonight. He said, that sounds good, Pastor Benny. And I, we went to church in another state. I knew when I went, it was a total black church. Total black church. So uh, when I walked in, I was different. I, I felt like everybody was looking at me. <laughs> Perhaps they were. And I looked at Cameron, and Cameron looked at me, and he said, this is, this is different, isn't it? I said, it's very different. <laughs> kind of feel like a ham sandwich at a Jewish picnic. Hey, man, I mean, this is... <laughs> you said, Pastor, wh what, what happened? Here's what happened. People started walking up and saying... We're glad you're here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for worshiping with us. We're just so excited that you chose to come here. We're just honored to have you. People started hugging my neck. People started saying, we love you. And you know, just after a little while, I, I felt right at home. I was doing some of this. <laughs> I enjoyed it. He said, Pastor Benny, what made the difference? Extending friendship. What makes the difference is extending friendship. You want to encourage people, extend friendship to the person who needs it the most. And you walk in a room and a person's off in the corner by themselves, they probably need it the most. Just, we encourage others by practicing stewardship. We encourage others by extending friendship. We encourage others by building partnerships. Uh, let me explain. The church at Jerusalem was doing pretty good, and it had spread 300 miles north to a place called Antioch. 
And the church at Jerusalem said, I don't know about what's going on up there at Antioch. Because see, what they heard were some Gentiles were accepting Christ. The Jewish people thought the Gentiles were dogs. That's not an exaggeration. They saw them as dogs. And they said to Barnabas, Barney, 300 miles north of here, there's a cult. Go up there and check it out. And Barnabas went up there, and let's read about it in Acts 11. Then tidings of these things came into the ears of the church, which was in Jerusalem. And they sent forth Barnabas, and he went to Antioch. And when he came, he saw the grace of God. I want to tell you, for years, I never understood this scripture. I never understood. I've experienced the grace of God. I've been saved. You have too. But how do you see the grace of God? And I realized how he saw the grace of God. He saw Gentiles and Jews worshiping together. By the way, one of the most unbiblical things on earth is we've got a white church over here. And we've got a black church over there. That is so unbiblical. When we get to heaven, folks, it's not going to be that way. We're all going to be worshiping Jesus together. Nothing biblical about that. Nothing biblical about that. If we think we're superior to anybody, we're a racist. When he came, he saw the grace of God he exhorted them all. You know what he said? He said, this is okay. We just need to be in partnership. We just need to be in, in partnership. Now, now here, here's all I'm saying. I don't know what kind of business you're in. That was a misstatement. Yes, I do. Because if you're in the educational business, you're in the hydraulic business, you're in the banking business, you're in the academic business, you're in the hair business, you're in the factory business, no matter what kind of business you're in, at the end of the day, you're in the people business. Amen. Because by the way, there's no other business other than the people business. That's why Rock Springs Church, last year to other churches, many right here in our area, we supported we gave away last year over $650,000 to other churches. You said, Pastor Benny, why would you do that? Why would you do that? Because I truly believe in partnership. I don't believe God's called us to compete each other. I believe he's called us to complete each other. We need one another. That's why August the 24th, right here at Rock Springs Church, I'm just training pastors and Christian leaders and I'm just giving them all the material, feeding them all lunch. You say, so you're, you're just bringing people together, churches together around us? Yes. Yes. But Brother Benny, we, may, we could lose some of our people. Well, it is what it is. You know what I'm saying. No, no. It's about reaching people. It's about reaching people for Christ. And there's other pastors and other churches that are going to be able to reach people that I'm never going to be able to reach. So why not support them and help them? Why not support them and help them? And friend, you're, you need to be about partnerships. And let me tell you the last point and I'm done. We encourage others by rebuilding relationships. 
We encourage others by rebuilding relationships. I want to give you a quote. It's anonymous. So it's an, because it's anonymous, you can just put my name there. <laughs> this is what it says. If because of one's mistake, you've lost trust, then no one in the world is trustworthy, including yourself. If because of one's mistake, we've lost trust, no one in the world is worthy to be trusted, including ourselves. I want to tell you the story of this last point, and I'm done. Paul and Barnabas go on the first missionary journey. Barnabas goes with Paul. And if you study the story in Acts chapter 13, verse 13, Mark quits on the journey. He quits and goes back to Jerusalem, and it really irritates Paul. It irritates him so much in Acts chapter 15, verse 36 through verse 40. Paul and Barnabas really got, it got contentious. They were getting ready to go on the second journey. And Barnabas said, let's, let's take my cousin Mark. And Paul said, no, no, we, we don't need to take him. I don't want him to go. And Barnabas said, well, because of that, I don't think God's through with him. I'm going to go on a missionary journey with him and you can go with Silas. And they did just that. Now, I don't know exactly when, ladies and gentlemen, but according to Colossians 4 and 10, Paul and Barnabas reconciled. And then Paul gets to the end of his life and he's writing a letter to his son, Timothy. And he said, Timothy, I want you to come to Rome he said, Timothy, when you come, bring Mark, because he's useful. <laughs> What's amazing, it took a while for Paul to get there, but he said, Mark is useful. What'd he do? He rebuilt the relationship. I'll tell you something, folks. We need to rebuild the relationships because people are still useful. I believe this. I believe the church, and I'm speaking about me, and I'm a part of it. I believe the church has mishandled so many people. I believe we've mishandled so many people. They've had habits, and hurts, and hang-ups in life we've thrown them away when God said rebuild the relationship they're still useful <laughs> rebuild the relationship you say I'm done with her well maybe you need to rebuild the relationship because she may be still useful I believe she is rebuild the relationship because he's still useful rebuild the relationship I'm grateful that Paul rebuilt the relationship because had he not rebuilt the relationship, we might not have the book of Mark. We might not have the book of Mark had not Paul rebuilt the relationship. I close with this. I was preaching in South Carolina and I looked at the 
itinerary. And the gentleman that was going to preach before me was Bishop Dale Bronner. He's a dynamic, eloquent, oratorical, great speaker. Oh my God, why'd they have to put him right before me? By the time I got up, I felt like a penny waiting for change. Amen. I mean, <laughs> I know now how Elizabeth Taylor's eighth husband felt on the wedding night. Amen. I mean, I really do. But he, but he shared something that I'll never forget. Bishop Bronner said I was in my office and he said, I looked down there and I had two granddaughters, but one of my granddaughters was coloring. She had a color and she was coloring, coloring. And she said the crayon broke. And she, when it broke, she reached over and just handed a piece to her sister and just started crying, crying, crying. And he said, I thought, now this is an opportunity for me to teach a lesson. And he said, I said to my little granddaughter, baby doll, I know the crayon broke. But had the crayon not broke, you wouldn't have had anything to share. This is all I'm going to say. Any good thing that I've ever shared with you came from a broken crayon. Sometimes I'll hear somebody preach who's got all the answers. And I'll say, he hadn't had the train wreck yet. But when the crayon breaks, you really have something to share. But it takes a crayon being broken to have something to share. And then Dale Bronner said to that little old granddaughter, he said, there's a second thing I want to teach you, honey. She said, okay, Papa, what is that? He said, I want to teach you, darling, that a broken crayon still colors. Amen. That's why we need to rebuild relationships, even though people have messed up. Because I've got good news, a broken crayon still color. You're still useful. God's still got a purpose. God's still got a plan. You're not done. You're not done. God's still got something very good for you today. I want, can, I, can, I, can I do this? I said that was the last, but let me, let me just tell you this. I'm done, but I'd do you an injustice if I didn't take just one second and tell you, preaching about friends, tell you about my best friend. I talk to him more than I talk to anybody else. I've disappointed people. And people have disappointed me. But he's never disappointed me. I found him blooming where heartaches abundantly reign. Who would have dreamed so much joy and so much pain? It's good on the mountain, but really they come and they go. But down in the valley, there's always a rose. And there's nobody like Jesus, friend. 
I, I, somebody said, I, I have a lot of regrets before I got saved. I'm going to be honest with you. I have a lot of regrets after I got saved. <laughs> but I've never regretted accepting Jesus. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. He's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And, 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 and listen, folks, I know what you're thinking. You think, yeah, you accepted him and now you don't. I have to go to hell well that's right I don't I, I don't I'm not worried one moment I'm listen I'm I'm as for sure as for heaven if I was already there I'm as for sure as for heaven I, I I'm gonna be there but it's not it's not just about I don't have to go to hell friend it's what he's been in my life it's the relationship I have with him it's a relationship to have someone I can talk to and someone who I can, I can cry out to and someone who understands just what I'm going through and when I feel all alone at the midnight hour, he's right there. And friend, he'll be there for you too. All you got to do is accept him. Thank you for joining us for this week's message from Rock Springs Church. If you would like more information about Rock Springs, be sure to follow us on social media or connect with us at rockspringsonline.com. Join us right here next week for another message from Rock Springs Church.